We saw what happened with Jackson State and South Carolina State in week zero. But going into week one and the rest of the season, what do they need to improve on to either continue their success or improve their success? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. And I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day and going on this journey with me. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusive starts with an S, ends with an S. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new cust- new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We have a packed episode today. We're not only going to look towards the future for the two teams who played in Week 0 at the top of the show, but we're actually going to wrap up the show with a senior bowl watch list. So kind of one final look at the draft prospects before we get into the actual gameplay. And also Alabama A&M is rolling out two quarterbacks in the week one. And I'll tell you why I'm not really too upset about it either. But when it comes to Jackson state and South Carolina state, we saw how that game transpired. We saw how badly that Jackson State beat South Carolina State. And for many people, you would probably consider it a near-perfect game. But there's no such thing as that. I have something I want both teams to improve on. South Carolina State obviously needs to improve on something. For Jackson State, it's a tad bit trickier. And with JSU, what I want them to work on, and it could just be consistency, because if they play like that most nights, they're going to win most nights. But if there was one thing that you had to pick at, and honestly, I don't know if this is even a small detail, There's some small details that coaches are going to hammer home, but this is relatively a big one. Ball security, right? You had two fumbles on Saturday. You lost one of them. You had two fumbles. You can't have games like that or plays like that in games against a fam. You in games against a Southern and all corn, right? Because those are the type of teams who you think are going to take advantage of it. You look at it. It might be easy to write off the, the fumbles. It might be really easy to write that off because, hey, you won by a large margin. It wasn't even close. It didn't impact the game. Not only that, you recovered one of them. So the first fumble you had, you recovered that. The second fumble you had, South Carolina State recovered it but did nothing with it. But let's not forget this detail because I think this detail is actually pretty important. They recovered that fumble in Jackson State territory. They weren't too far from being able to kick a field goal. Now, granted, Jackson State defense stepped up. South Carolina State's offense did what South Carolina State's offense did all night long, and that was struggle. They actually went backwards. 
but you're not counting on that every time. Those are the, those are the type of mistakes and, and, and slip ups that will cost you a game. Right. I think fam, you goes and scores that or your defense really has to step up. Like you're facing a much stiffer competition. So that's something that I think needs to be worked on. It's a great game and it's easy to relax and say it was a great game, but I can guarantee you that ball security is one of the things that TC Taylor is really pushing. Hey, we don't need to make that mistake for another week in a row. South Carolina state, as difficult as it was to come up with something for JSU because it was small, it was kind of difficult to come up with something for South Carolina state because it felt like so many things, but I'll tell you one offensive play caller. I understand the game plan going into the game. I don't even fault it. Like I don't even fault Jackson or excuse me, South Carolina state for saying we have Corey fields. Because I know Corey Fields didn't perform up to task on Saturday. And many people are already calling for his job. I don't blame them. Somebody brought up a great point. If Andre Washington doesn't quite understand the passing concepts, then simplify the passing concepts. I thought that was a phenomenal point. I think Mr. Owen said that in the comments yesterday. So shout out to you on that. That's a great point. I still don't know if it happens, but I think that is a great logical point to make. But let's walk it back to before week zero ever happened and people were still riding high about Corey Fields. I understand South Carolina State saying Corey Fields is a veteran. We have two really young running backs behind him. We don't want to lean on them. But it became evident early in the game. Corey Fields was not going to lead you to victory. Was the running game dominant? No, but I thought it had a better chance of success than the passing game. Even when Corey Fields had time, he seemed off. That's the problem. So if you're seeing such an evident change, and he's not going to perform that bad every week. I don't even think he performs that bad this upcoming week. But at the same time, if you see something is working better, you have to go to it. And I think I even heard Coach Pugh say we weren't diverse enough. No. We tried to lean too much on Corey Fields. And once you got a deficit, it was clear you weren't coming back because your quarterback play was not up to par. I don't know if that means going with Andrew or not Andrew, Andre Washington, or if that means just running the ball more. But Jawan Howell, Howell was honestly the best part of the team. He was the brightest spot for me on the offense. He was. I thought he looked good. I thought he showed potential. If this year ain't gonna be no good, lean into him and let's see what he has. I think that is the biggest thing. Do not be so stuck in your pregame plan that you don't see the, the, the in-game adjustments that you should make. It was obvious. And I think you actually stay in that game a little bit longer if you run the ball. There was a drive where you started seeing the run working. You just had to stay out of your way and not make penalties. And Because once you get in the penalties and now you're backed up, now you have to pass, now they're heating you up. Listen, Howell did a little bit of moving and shaking to avoid Jackson State defenders. But overall, man, I thought the running game was better. So improve your offensive play calling. And for Jackson State, you need to protect the ball. I will say this. The improvement that each team needs to make, Jackson State needs to make it sooner because they play FAMU this week. Meanwhile, South Carolina State has some weeks until they get to the MEAC competition. So they have time to figure it out. They can honestly be trash until the MEAC starts, and all of a sudden they heat up and it's perfectly fine. None of this even matters. It becomes completely irrelevant. So the timeline on these adjustments is a little bit different, but you want to start making these adjustments. Like whether you talk about how important it is, you want to start making these adjustments in week one, whether you're the Bulldogs or if you're the Tigers. But speaking of Bulldogs and quarterbacks, 
Alabama A&M is pulling out two quarterbacks in week one versus Vanderbilt. And part of the reason I'm not too upset about it is because of who they're playing. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. And don't allow the stigma around mental health to make you feel like, oh, something has to be wrong with me to go to therapy. That is completely not true. Sometimes we just go through times of uncertainty. I'm in a time of uncertainty right now, just to be honest. I don't like it's no problem for me to say that. I don't even have to admit it. I'm free to say it. There's nothing. Excuse me. There's nothing wrong with going to get help, whether that's you just need a little bit of guidance, whether you're going through a tough spot, whether you just need to know which way to go. Right. It's like John Legend said, we're all ordinary people. We don't know which way to go. Sometimes we need to take it slow. That is the theory. And that is the reason I think that mental health and therapy can be so important. All you have to do is visit betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on college. Fill out a brief questionnaire. They will get you a licensed therapist. And if that person doesn't work, you can get another one. It's really, really simple. Let therapy be your map with better help. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day for my everydayers out there. Tomorrow's episode, we'll be discussing D. Davis because he was announced as the starting quarterback for Alabama State. I don't know what team I was about to say, but for Alabama State, he was announced as a starting quarterback. And I'm really not surprised. It kind of lines up with the things that I've heard Eddie Robinson say over the offseason. But forget Alabama State. Let's discuss Alabama A&M because they did not mention who their starting quarterback is because they do not know who their starting quarterback is. But what they can tell you is against Vanderbilt in week one, they will work out two quarterbacks in the game. So it'll be a rotation of multiple quarterbacks. This is something that I pointed out as a possibility all offseason, probably mostly since late July when discussing actual quarterback battles and the, the possible scenarios that can happen. I knew this was possible. I knew it. I don't like it. I still don't like it. I should actually do a study. I should I should start now. For quarterback battles who end up going into the regular season, how many actually turn out well? And maybe I'll start with Alabama A&M. But I'm overall kind of pessimistic on it. Right? That's not really uh, – it doesn't inspire confidence in me that no guy is pulled apart. Here's the thing. You either – both are excelling or neither one of you are excelling. That is the problem. You don't know if you're not in the room. So I don't know whether it's Lankford. I don't know whether it's Lee. Both of those guys, however, are in the battle. And it's going to be two of them. So I'll tell you what. I really don't matter. Excuse me, Brown, Quad Brown. I really don't mind them doing this. The reason I don't mind is you're playing Vanderbilt. Listen, me and Mason Smith were having this conversation earlier today. I don't think Alabama A&M is beating Vanderbilt. I don't think it's going to be remotely close. I don't. I just do not. And, you know, it's not many FCS schools who can go up and beat an FBS team. And if you're not at the top of your conference, more likely than not, you're not going to do it. Maybe that'll come in and bite me in, the, in my butt, but I really don't think that it will. So with Alabama A&M, to me, not really having a chance against Vanderbilt, all this money game is good for is collecting a check and then also evaluating. And sometimes the evaluation can get a little, a little skewed. 
But you can evaluate players. You can evaluate traits. You can evaluate how you handle situations. There will probably be a lot of plays under pressure. I can evaluate how Quad Brown plays under pressure versus Xavier Langford plays under pressure. Football, like you realize football is so much more than just wins and losses when it goes into it. There's so much more that you can break down and the coaches will break it down. I can't break down everything, but the coaches will break down those things and talk to their fellow coaches, talk to the players. Those things will happen. So a decision can be made from the Vanderbilt game. But in case that it isn't, you still have the game against Lane College. And when you play against Lane College, I would prefer me personally, an FCS team. I think it would be more level competition and maybe get a better evaluation of what each player will look like going into the rest of the season. But that's not what we have. Instead, we have Vanderbilt and we have uh, Lane College in the, in the Lewis Cruz Classic. That's what we have. And we will work with that, right? But I'll say this, by week three, you need to make your decision. By week three, when you play Southern, there should be no question of who the quarterback is going to be. I can't imagine a reason that a quarterback battle would go three weeks deep. I, I If that's the point, at that point, they aren't playing well. I'm ready to sign it up. They are not playing well. But if it were to go three weeks deep, you need to make a decision then. You need some certainty by the time you hit swag play. And who knows? Maybe you end up going back and forth. We've seen that happen. I think uh, ah, Grambling, I think, came down to the end. I don't know if Grambling did two quarterbacks in the first game, though, so they wouldn't be good for this for this uh, sample size that I'm trying to get. But overall, there's no real consequence. You lose to Vanderbilt. You lose to Lane College even. Like, nobody outside of your fan base really cares. I, I'll tell you this. I don't care. The mouth of the South could care less how you fare against Lane and Vanderbilt. But the mouth of the South does care about who your starting quarterback is whenever you A, name him, or B, play Southern. Whichever one comes first. Doesn't matter to me. But you have Quad Brown, who is a UT Martin transfer. He was at Georgia State, and he actually played really well in 2020. In 2020, he was the second leading passer in the Sun Belt. He ended up transferring to UT Martin after winning the MVP of a bold game. Like, this was a really good performance for him in 2020. I would love to see if he can walk it back and do it again. We just seen Jackson State have a quarterback who played somewhere and played good snaps, and then he came in and he does it again. It'll be extremely interesting to see what they do at the quarterback quarterback route or who, really because I know what they're going to do but it's really more so about who comes out victorious that'll be something to watch and then you have Xavier Lankford who came in last year leading passer one of the uh uses legs as well like he was a a solid player for Alabama A&M but you can upgrade at the position it's just about it that upgrade comes directly from him upgrading his talent or if that upgrade comes from another player who is just better than Lankford but moving forward the senior bowl watch list ain't no upgrading with these guys these are 10 of the best players out there, but I want to I don't want to break down all of them. I want to take this as an opportunity to discuss some of the players that we don't talk about as much as we continue with Locked On HBCU. As we continue rolling with today's episode of Locked On HBCU, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and the U.S. Open is going on right now. I actually, right before I recorded this, I watched a, watched a really good match with Coco Golf. I had said, tee me up, Coco, and then it just started going bad, but then she capped it off and she won. It was a really emotional game with a lot of big-time moments, but Coco Golf done and moved on in the U.S. Open. If you put some money down on Coco, you would have won. Matter of fact, all you have to do 
was put $5 down on Coco. And I'll tell you what you would have won in addition to winning your bet. You would have won $200 in bonus bets if you were a new customer. And then if you were just a regular customer, you would have put $5 down on Coco. You would have got $100 back off of Sunday Ticket on YouTube TV. These are phenomenal deals, whether or not you are a new customer or a returning existing current customer. This is fantastic. Go to FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your money count. Make every moment more. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. Now, our Senior Bowl watch list gives us the unique opportunity to highlight some players who we have not discussed really at extent when it comes to HBCU football. Like we talk about players like Davius Richard. We talk about players like Jarvie and Howard. We talk about players like Amin Donkwa, right? Not as much because he's an offensive lineman, and that's not really my specialty. That's not something that I just discuss a bunch. But when we talk about the best players, not even just the best players, the best player in black college football, Amin Donkwa is one of the guys who comes up in that conversation. Jarvie and Howard was the most explosive running back in the SWAC last year and was the newcomer of the year. Davius Richard was the returning starting quarterback or is the returning starting quarterback from the Black College Football National Champions, North Carolina Central. We've discussed these three players at length, but there's a bunch of other guys on the list who we don't discuss as much. And honestly, I don't think it's commonplace to talk about the talent and the athleticism that's in the almost at the dark cloud defense, but within the FAMU secondary that makes up that dark cloud defense. When you look at Morgan, when you look at Bowler, those are two extremely athletic players, so much so that they recently made an athletic freak list. Let me tell you why this is important. We are looking at draft prospects really early. Like these things could change, but it's also a nice way to see who you should look out for when it comes to the regular season anyway. So like you can use this. It doesn't just have to be for what are the draft prospects or, oh, these are 10 guys who might get drafted. This is a senior bowl watch list, but it's also some of the guys you need to watch throughout the season. When you look at Morgan, you look at Bowler, them being praised for their athletic ability, their testing, like their broad, the fort. That is important because measurements is something that you need as an FCS player. We discussed this with Blue Bloods. It's something that you need to have because you're looking at the level of competition. Those measurements say, oh, we can work with that. Because at the end of the day, it's one of the reasons I love track and field. Because if I go to the smallest college in the world, and I run the best time in the world. Guess what? I ran the best time in the world. The same way that a 40-inch vertical is a 40-inch vertical if it comes from a high schooler or if it comes from a fifth-year senior in college. It is a 40-inch vertical. doesn't matter where you do it. So it's those type of athletic gifts that people feel can translate, and that's there with Bowler and Morgan in the secondary. But to, but to complete the triumvirate of FAMU players, let's go to the other side. And there you have Marcus Riley, the wide receiver coming from Bethune-Cookman, who honestly came to FAMU because it's a better team than Bethune-Cookman. But then also, it elevates his profile because FAMU has more attention. They're a bigger brand. They get more discussion when it comes to, and more respect when it comes to creating football players. Like, that's just, or developing football players. That's just what they do. 
right? It's more, it's more respected. Um, Marcus Riley is going to be a benefactor of that. He's going to be a benefactor of playing with better quarterback play. Jeremy Musa is a better quarterback than Marcus Riley had last year at, at Bethune-Cookman. He just is. You're going to benefit from that. You're going to have John Murray Sharid next to you, and that's going to have a really explosive duo at wide receiver. When you look at the wide receiving duo, you look at some of the, the members in the secondary, the pass catches and the guys responsible for stopping the pass on the defense, that's a strong suit for FAMU. It really is. Now, Sunday out of Anderson is a player who I don't feel like is underrated, but I do feel it's under discussed. Like we kind of just write them off. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. Sunday out of Anderson is not the most discussed defender in the swag. He's not. Uh, he's not above Bubba. He's probably two. He's probably, I think anybody else I would name is probably a stretch. But man, people love Colton Adams. And no disrespect to Colton Adams, he's a good player. But can we not discuss both? Why would I choose between this one and that one when I know that I could have both? Shout out Jermaine Cole. That was what he said. And that's how I feel. Sunday out of Anderson is a fantastic player. And speaking of both, you have him and Lewis Matthews. One is a linebacker, one a defensive lineman, right? Anderson is the defensive lineman. And you have him, both of them in the front seven. This is going to be a very talented team. I'm very excited to see exactly what they look like. But Sonny Ada Anderson can get to the quarterback. He can get behind the line of scrimmage in the running game. He is very effective and somebody who needed to be pointed out. Uh, Torricelli Simpkins, you look at him as just a guy who's going to protect Davius Richard. There's not I, Talking about offensive line is something I probably need to improve in. Like That's probably a part of my media game that I, I'm just not diverse. I don't like talking about offensive linemen individually because it's just i don't have a diverse vocabulary when it comes to discussing that position i just don't have much things i could say differently and i would hate to say hey man he really knows how to anchor his pass sets are really good i don't want to say the same thing over and over at least let me say the same thing in a different way anywho and then lastly willie drew who just like when it came to the shrine bowl watch list he had the honor of being the only defense or excuse me division two player on that list from hbcu and I think that's a big deal. It kind of reminds me kind of Joshua Williams-esque. The idea that you're coming from a Division II, you're a defensive back, right? CIAA guy at that. Like, it just kind of gives me a little bit of a parallel between him and then also, you know, because he goes to Virginia State, Will Adams to a certain extent. So you have Willie and Will, right? And Will Adams, he was on the, the uh, commander's practice squad for a while. I don't know what he's doing in this offseason as far as – um you know, retaining on that roster, but he was there for a while. But yeah, so those are my players that I wanted to make sure I highlighted because we always discuss Richard. We always discuss Howard. Let's take the opportunity to discuss guys like Bowler, Morgan, Riley, all out of FAMU, Anderson out of Grambling, Sim Simpkins out of North Carolina Central, and then also Willie Drew out of Virginia State. I think that this watch list did a good job of allowing us to highlight some of the players in black college football that we don't discuss often, but maybe we should, and we should watch out for as the season goes on. But I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, and hopefully you do that as the season goes on as well. And on tomorrow's episode, we'll be discussing D. Davis and why I'm not really surprised, really at all,
that he was able to make it as the starting quarterback for Alabama State. But in the meantime, in between time, you can follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.